sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Betting Edge podcast we're back with another betting 101 and this time it's the biggest story in the sports world right now golf it is leading the news headlines all around we got a pga live merger we got uh the canadian open with an outstanding finish and this week we move across the border to the u.s open so we thought why not bring on a golfing expert a golf betting expert we have a friend New to SportsGrid. His name is Joel Mendelson. He is right below me here if you're watching along. He will be joining us today. Thank you, Joel, so much for being here. Uh, how much did you enjoy last week's uh, tournament? Uh, well, thir- first of all, thank you for having me. And it was one of the coolest experiences of my life, you know, especially with like the big couple big names like Rory McIlroy and others being there. It was crazy. I tried to follow him for the first couple holes and you couldn't even see the green. So just sat at the 18th hole and watched people come in. It was amazing. Amazing. So thank you very much for being here. We're looking forward to getting your takes on how to bet on some of this U.S. Open stuff. Uh, I'd like to introduce so actually- my co-host. Mergy, yeah. I'm coming to you right now. Samir, I'm sorry, Mergy, I was gonna Mergy money line. That's okay, buddy. That's okay. <laughs> I could see you getting excited. I changed up the way I do things a little bit, so it. it I was just gonna confused. ask Joel Joel something because, like, I've never been to to a golfing tournament, and obviously, it's exciting seeing like the, the stars. That's probably one of the the top things that happened there, or like the fun holes. Uh, you were at the 18th, so the the amazing finishes, of course, with Nick Taylor. Um, and, and of course Fleetwood, who who tied him and, and took him to the to the playoffs. But in your honest opinion, what was what was the best moment of the golf tournament? Was it was it the win? Was it like what a, what makes it fun attending a golf tournament in person? Um, so there's a lot of fun things. So I got there really early in the day, and there weren't a lot of people there. So we followed like a few guys. We followed like Cam Young for a while and watched nice. him play and. It's just like cool when there's nobody there. You know, you're right next to the players. If you stand in the right spot, they're hitting their second shot like a couple feet away from you. And you yeah. can even like say a few words to them. Obviously, you don't if you don't want to like annoy them. But I'm a. You're I'd close say, enough that you. Yeah, can. probably the coolest thing though was watching Nick Taylor hit his par putt on 18 before the playoff because yeah. there was a four way tie for second at that point. And he could have easily bogeyed. It was a tough putt, a lot of break. And the crowd just went nuts when he hit it. It was awesome. And he knew, too. He walked it in, just, like, all excited. It was great. Man, it's been a long time coming. We had a Canadian win in Canada. So uh, I'm glad I'm glad we got to see it. Uh, and we got to see it in such spectacular fashion with a game, t- an outstanding game, sending to, sending an uh, p- outstanding putt that sent us to the playoff, and yeah. then an even better putt to actually win it uh, at the end of the day there. Uh, I want to introduce, just before we get a little too far into here, uh, our other member of the show today, the Cam Moore. If you want to find him on Twitter, Cameron Moore joins us as well. Uh, have you uh, have you recovered from last night's NBA Finals, Cam? Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's crazy that the the whole thing with Jokic being like, uh, I just want to go home. So Jokic, yeah, he's like, I'm done, bro. I'm I'm tired. I'm I ready. Go, I want to go see my, my family. I want to go see my horses. Uh, the whole concern is like, oh man, it's like, uh, oh wait, parade. <laughs> He's just like so confused by the whole thing. Like, he just seems like the most normal guy and like the yeah. most nonchalant about accomplishing one of the most difficult things to do in sports, and that's a win a championship. Mm-hmm. So, like that whole thing was really funny. I've definitely recovered from it, and I'm excited for the U.S. Open. I've been paying attention to a lot more golf, and recently the Canadian Open really opened my eyes, especially especially with the Canadian win and the whole pageantry around Nick Taylor. So I'm ready for the U.S. Open. Okay. So let's do it. Let's get into betting golf, betting the U.S. Open in particular. I don't know if it's any different than maybe if you bet the U.S. Open versus the Canadian Open. That's why we have you here, Joel. You are going to tell us. So first things first, um, how do you profit golf betting? Because obviously you can't just like pick five winners type situation. Maybe you can. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's completely wrong in how you do it. How does it go? How do you do it, Joel? Uh, well, there are a lot of different things you can bet. You can bet you can bet an outright winner, which is 
extremely difficult to do before the tournament because like one bad round and you're out of it, stuff like that. So you can either like wait around and then bet winners. You can always bet on the winner, but there are a lot of other options that would go away once the rounds start. For instance, like three balls, top five finishes, all that kind of stuff, which is a lot of fun. So a three ball is um, on Friday and Saturday, sorry, Thursday and Friday. Usually they play in threesomes. So you're basically oh. betting on the winner of that group for that day. Yeah. Which is a lot of fun to do because then if you're betting on a featured group, one that's always on TV, for instance, I'm pretty sure Scheffler, Homa, and there's another big name. Sorry, Scheffler, Scheffler Homa, Homa, and Morikawa. Yeah, yeah. Morikawa. They tee off at 11.13. You're going to be seeing a ton of that on TV. So that's a fun one to bet. I would probably take Scheffler, even though Morikawa could do something. Putting's not been great lately, but the iron play is spectacular. So it's one of those things, you know? Uh, is three ball betting more effective than, for example, uh, it looks like it is. There's less people than group betting. Um, group betting, there's one more, and they're yeah. not always in the same tee time. So the nice thing about the okay, three ball is that you're always watching them together. You know, they they finish each hole at the same time, they tee off at the same time, so you're it's easier to follow. But it's it's also a bit easier, yeah. Three ball. How, how do they make these groups? If you if you know, or are they really um, random? Yeah. So Thursday, Friday, they do it really based on like draw. A lot of the time, they put like drama. You know, they'll play like Rory and Phil yeah. together one time, stuff like that. <laughs> And then I'm, uh, once the cut's made, it goes by score. So then okay. on the weekend, they play twosomes, and it starts the earliest players are the ones at the bottom of the leaderboard, and then same thing on Sunday. Okay, so let's let's sort of look at it from this scope. I w- if I'm looking at betting on a winner for the U.S. Open, are you putting full units on multiple guys? Are you putting half units on two guys? Like what? How do you go about it generally? Um, usually I put a full unit on somebody higher up in the rankings that I think could easily win. Like one of those guys where I'd feel like an idiot if I didn't bet on them and they turn mm-hmm. out to win like a Scotty Scheffler, like a John Rom, you know, like the guys who, you know, it feels stupid to bet on them because it's so obvious, but then when they win, you feel like an idiot. Yes, so yeah. full unit on one of those. Um, and then usually a half unit lower down the leaderboard, somebody who has a bit more value to them who may not necessarily do as well. And then usually I like to make a bet going into the weekend too. Okay, and is that bet an addition? That's an additional unit on a like actual winner to win the. Yes, win yes. The I'm not gonna lie, my units are a little wonky. They vary. It's a really gut feeling for me. But that's I'm uh, fair. That's fair. I mean, that's it goes fair. time to time. You know, the PGA Championship. I put a full unit on Brooks Kepka to finish in the top five after the first day, so that was nice. Okay, like- so you just can't, you really need to have a feel for what's going on in the actual action on the course. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, Cam, what do you what, do? You bet on uh, golf at all, and how how do you think uh, you should sort of profit on or set yourself up for profit in this situation? Personally, I like the top ten finishes. Like looking at it, it just seems like an it just seems like easier. Like with the with the outright matches, I don't feel confident like uh, organizing my units in a way that I could be profitable on the outright. So I really just fit, uh, focus on the finish positions. Okay, so, like, so for the U.S. But, Open, like I'm looking at like like a guy like Brooks Kapka at plus one fifteen, or looking at someone else, looking like Cam Smith at plus two forty. Like Cam Smith's short game is really good. His approach play is really good. I've been doing a bunch of research on Cam Smith, and he he's excellent at that stuff. U.S. Open that's going to be very useful. So looking at those things gives you a bit of leeway from predicting him to be an outright winner. So you have a bit of play there, and it's still good odds at plus two forty as well. So what does the variance look like? That makes that that brings me a question as to like the guys I'm looking at in the outrights, the top ten of the outrights. How like how like in Formula One, often when you end up looking at that list, you do end up seeing the guys finishing relatively close to the order that they're actually projecting. Do you get that in golf? No, usually. No. You have outliers. Like Formula One, it's machinery, you know? Yes. Like a car is only as good as a car is unless a driver is driving out of his mind or there's crashes and stuff. You're usually going to have like a Verstappen win and Paris second, stuff like that. Yeah. This is so different. Somebody could have a good week out of nowhere. Like we saw at the PGA Championship, Michael Block, guy just comes out of nowhere. And then ever since he's go back, he's come back to earth. But it's it's not the same, honestly. I like your picks, Cam. I feel yeah. like there's every, every major I've seen in golf, there's that random guy that you said uh, that kind of just has a great weekend and it's an amazing storyline and people follow him and 
he either like finishes top five, top ten, or even wins the whole thing. Like, I've noticed that in almost all the majors I've paid attention to in golf. I find with like watching golf and like the stuff I've paid attention to growing up, there's there's so much more variance in the game itself. Like then like versus F one, like like Joel said, like it's machinery. Like with F one, where like it's like oh, there's a lot more, I guess like humanity. If that's even the right word to golf, where it's like more human error, there could be wind, like weather, like situation, like there's so much different, like different courses and stuff like that. And like a guy could have like you could just have a bad day and then that throws off your entire tournament. It's also just like in golf, I find you can get unlucky so much easier, like or lucky, you know, for instance, Nick Taylor on the playoff hole, he sends it into the grandstand but he gets a free drop because the grandstand's there, you know? Whereas if he did it on another hole, he could have easily been OB, stuff like that. Also, like, one stroke changes everything, so. Okay, actually, I didn't even think I didn't even think about that. So, um, course, the actual course is something that you have to very much play into. Like, okay, so are there some guys that are just non – you cannot bet them on this course or some guys the opposite that if they're on this course, you have to bet them? Um, yeah, so a couple of people I'm looking at going into this week are the guys who hit their long irons very well because okay. this is a this is a place where the fairways are wide, but the greens are heavily protected. There's this thing called um, a, a barranca, which is like a big ditch, and it goes throughout the entire front nine. It covers a lot of the greens. Like, it's a lot of blind shots into greens, and it's going to be a lot of, like, 150 to 200 something yard approach shots so like scotty scheffler is the best in the world at that he hits the most out of anyone in that range and he's the best so he's a great pick um colin morikawa has been really bad putting this year like not sugarcoating it he's been very bad on the greens but his irons are still fantastic so like he could easily be like an underdog that you could take to finish high it's just like little things like that you know well colin morikawa if if that's what you're talking about you can get him to finish in the top 10 at plus 260 is it is has been has been has his putting been bad enough for you to not feel comfortable betting him to get in the top 10 yes but his iron game is so good that it would probably make me blind to it okay i see interesting okay so there's obviously lots of things to different ways to bet bet this uh is betting a major different than betting a regular tournament like we just had the rbc open not a major u.s open obviously a major um, so that's actually really interesting because probably for like Nick Taylor, it felt like a major when he was putting on 18, yeah. but at the same time, like you're really just betting on what people's mindsets are going to be like, you know, like Brooks Kepka, he's a dog in major tournaments in the past, yeah. in, since 2017 in the U S open, he's first, first, second tied fourth. And then last year he was injured 55th, but like that's, those are crazy numbers. Yeah. And he won at, um, uh, Beth page black, another really difficult course. So like, you can never really count him out. It's just like. It's the player, you, it's the same guys. Like, I would also bet Victor Hovland to do well, especially coming off a win a few weeks ago. So. Okay. Um, Mergy, what are you looking at here? What, like, what intrigues you? What what piques your interest? What makes you curious about the U.S. Open betting? Um, so usually when I bet on golf, which isn't that often, I'll just be straight up with it. I usually do it for the majors. So, of mm-hmm. course, U.S. Open included in that. Um, and I definitely always, like, pay attention when the Masters come around um or the pga championship like i like i like storylines when it comes to sports so no matter what sport it is i'll kind of tune in for that uh Mm -hmm. in terms of golf i usually i I, like everything joel was saying like i I agree with because i have found success doing that too like i usually bet top 10 finishes or i bet uh, a three balls if i can i know i'm going to be watching a certain group um but for the most part i'm betting like to miss or to make the cut as well uh, I feel like if there's certain fringe players that you can find at good value, um, I've found success doing that as well. In terms of outright winner, I usually avoid that until midway through the tournament. And then maybe I'll pick one like based off of who's doing well or who kind of had a sloppy first day, but then is catching up on the second day. And you can tell they're going to make the cut. You can tell they're going to do well on Saturday. So maybe I'll, I'll hop on someone then. Um, for the U.S. Open specifically, um, I came in talking about Scotty Scheffler, at least like pre-podcast. Um, when I first like said hi to, the, to everyone, I was like, oh, like Scotty Scheffler for US Open. Just because of what Joel's been saying, like he's been absolutely on fire recently. I don't think he's won this major yet before. He definitely wants to. It's like, uh, he's American. I know majority of Americans win this tournament. 
Um, and actually, before I get to more of what other, other bets I want to um, tell you guys, I want to ask you, Joel, like, do you, should you lean towards an American because it's U.S. Open? Like, I know historically, obviously, back in the day, I'm sure it was mostly Americans playing in it. So looking at it historically is kind of a hard way to look at the tournament. But in the last 10, six of them have been American. So, like, should I lean towards choosing an American? Is it just like home soil kind of gets the juices flowing? A Canadian just won the RBC Open. Is it gonna, is the same thing going to happen a week later? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. I honestly never thought about it like that. But when you like say it like that, like maybe, yeah, there's so many golfers from California. Like there are so yeah. many guys that this is going to be like a home thing for them. Like Scotty's not California, but Morikawa's California. Max Homa's California. There's a lot of guys like that. So honestly, like if you're if you're undecided between two guys, you could easily use the is he American kind of thing, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad idea. Yeah, it may be it may have been a silly question, but like <laughs> Okay, I just the home crowd in golf is something that has actually interested me the last little bit because you're starting to see, at least from an outsider's perspective, a little bit more excitement in a lot of the crowds. Just not necessarily like obviously big moments, always still excitement, but just overall excitement. I think that's partly due to the waste management open uh becoming like such a major cultural event um more people are getting involved in golf you're having slightly different people getting involved uh in watching golf um what is it a home field advantage home field home course, what is, course. Uh, home course advantage <laughs> is what i'm looking for here what is a home course advantage like at the u.s open it's well, I, I haven't been, so I can tell you what it was yes. like at the Canadian Open, but it yeah. was just, it was kind of like you're sitting next to the bench at a hockey game, you know? It's like either you're rooting for them or you're chirping them, but like there were honestly way more chirps thrown at players than I was expecting, you know? Like, guy leaves it short and he's like, I was expecting better, you know? And we're right next to them. So they're just like yelling at them. And then, like, you see, like, Corey Connors and Nick Taylor walk up onto the green 18, and like they announce who's approaching the green, and the crowd went wild. Like, like really big ovations, like, it was honestly, I don't know, because Canadians haven't been in contention in so long, but that yeah. was, like, it was a crazy feeling watching it. It sounds like you will get some sort of home. It so sounds like you definitely do get some sort of home boost then. Definitely get like words of encouragement when you're walking up the fairway, just stuff like that. You know, speaking of Canadians, I was just like scouring FanDuel for some fun bets and I scrolled <laughs> under the, I uh, scrolled under the prop section and it says top Canadian player. Yeah, uh, the odds reads as so: Corey Connors at plus two hundred, Hadwin at plus three hundred, Taylor plus or plus four thirty, Hadwin plus four thirty as well, Pendrith plus six hundred, Svensson at plus six fifty, Mackenzie Hughes at plus seven hundred, and Roger Sloan at plus two thousand. Uh, there's a bunch of these for like pretty much every nation or like yeah. geographical grouping. But in terms of top Canadian player at the U.S. Open, if you were trying to make make some money out of that play, out of the top Canadian players. Who are you kind of leaning on? Corey Connors does well at major tournaments. You know, like, he was doing really well this past weekend until Nick Taylor had a crazy Saturday-Sunday, kind of, like, overshadowed him. But he's a consistent finisher at the Masters. Every year besides this year, I think for the past four, he's been in the top five. So everybody was on him at the major at the Masters, and he definitely kind of... Shat the bed? Yeah, I was going to say that. I wasn't sure. Shat the bed is when I was on him too, bro. Really bad. I was, I really was one bad. of those guys. Yeah, he yeah. was really bad. Um, I would roll with him, though, because he's probably the most consistent out of all of them. Taylor Pendra's pretty good. I saw him warming up on the range. It was different. Like I've never seen a player just hit balls like that, but they all do it. But um, I'd, I'd ride Corey Connors. Okay. Is there any other other of these matches matchups we should look at here? Like I'm looking at the top USA player. Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepler, Pep Kepka, Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, Shoffley, I, I feel like if you if you're picking top American player though, that's like the hardest one to pick. There's that's so many. There are yeah. so many. Yeah. yeah. Top it, it, English player is a nice one too, though, because um, you know, there aren't as many, and a lot of them are good. Like Justin Rose is a good pick here because he has okay. amazing long irons. He's like consistent like that, but also like. It's weird. See, Rory McIlroy is the weirdest case in golf, I find, because when he's out of contention, he's the GOAT. And when he's in contention, he falls apart. So if he does poorly the first two days and makes the cut, I would bet him to finish in the top 10. Like Ooh, going inside the top 10. Interesting. If, if he's like low down on the leaderboard going into the weekend. You can get him for a top 10 finish at plus 160. 
Yeah. Which is so, surprising to me. You can get him at plus money. Well, yeah, I feel most people are plus money, especially he's been yeah. so inconsistent lately. Like very, very bad. That's true. Most people are plus like, money. Like a lot of the Scotty's the only one who's not actually for a yeah, top. Yeah, a lot of the times you'll find like these pre-tournament top tens in plus money. There's just so many people involved. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. that like yeah. the variance you're gonna... is, the variance yeah. of the course itself is ridiculous, right? You don't know if it's yeah. gonna rain or whatever's gonna happen. Um, like you shoot, always see like. <laughs> you always see like you, you always see like the guys that are like pretty good or like you see like the guys that are like very familiar to players and like close to like close to even money so like you see like brooks, brooks kepka at plus 115 john rom at plus 120 and like mcelroy at plus 160 right now as well and like the only person who's in minus money is scheffler because like he's that good like do you that, think that that's good. the bookies trying to trap casuals or do you think that's like just the way it should be set up? I mean, prob- it could be like a bit of both, right? Like it could be just like, here's some familiar names with some attractive odds. Like it I think could be, in it general, could be as simple as that. I, I think in general, it's a bit of a trap play um, for like generally having a lot of these big names being that close. That being said, um, they're all plus odds because of one, of course, the variance and like how hard it is to predict that all these players will, if they're going to do well for the four days. Not only that, but like if you look at Scheffler, I think his minus 135 is fair. Why? Because of the, not only the form he's in and the form he's been in for over a year now, but also I think he's finished. Um, I was reading the stat here. He's finished the top 10 in almost all of his U.S. Open finishes. He, like he absolutely he kills it. He's finished in, in five of his six appearances at the event. And then the sixth time he finished in 14th. So like he's going to be near that top 10 regardless. And that's actually was my bet. I was going to ask Joel if like it's smart to do that. I should just ride with his with history on that. Like he's going to finish top 10, finished minus 135. You can't go wrong, especially like the guy hasn't finished outside the top 12 since October. You know, we're like midsummer now. Oh, wow. Shoot. Okay. Yeah, that's he's wild. like he is gross. It's like next level. <laughs> and especially he is he's, gross. Like, he's an unconventional player too. Like his feet move every time he swings and it just works. You know, it just works. He's a cool guy too. He's fun. He's also like he's way younger than he looks. He looks like a thirty five year old man. He's like twenty six. He's young. Uh, yeah. yeah, like that shocked me. Like uh when we did the master show, Joel, for uh uh for school, like looking i was like like this guy is like how old like doing like preliminary research for that like i was super confused that the guy was like as young as he is yeah he's he's winning so much money yeah yeah golf's crazy like that but like uh, there's a guy i forget the stat that i was reading i I read it last night and i forgot the favorite the page but victor hovland has been like incredible like he's been he's been so good to the point where, like, I'm very in on like him as a top ten finisher. At like, I'm very, like, I, I really like him. Like, there's three guys who I mainly like, who I'm thinking of in this uh, in the U.S. Open. I'm thinking Victor Hovland. I'm thinking Kepka, and I'm thinking Cam Smith. Um, all the articles I've read, everything is like kind of favoring at least Cam Smith. I've seen a couple for Brooks yeah. Kepka because he's had an incredible year, and. He's he's been like just super good, recently. and he's won it multiple kind of times the... before. He won yeah, back to back 2017, 2018. So like I was looking at, I, I love the Brooks Kepka look plus one fifteen to make top ten. Uh, looks like kind of good value for your money. And he wins in bunches too. Like he won four majors in two years last time. Then he obviously got injured. And then he comes back. He wins one. Who says he doesn't do it again? But also the Cam Smith one is fun because imagine two different live players win. Two back to back that would be chaos. That would be, be hilarious. Amazing. Out of the top ten, pose this to all of you guys. How many should we have as locked in? Like how many guys do we think we want to predict? There's only ten spots, and right now we've discussed four of them. So how many of those guys would you lock in? Like as a betting man, Murgy, I'll come to you first. How would you handle it? I would hundred percent lock in Scotty. Um, not only yes. based off of his uh, track record at the course, but Joel mentioning how how well he's done since October. Like he's never finished under 12. Um, I'm okay if he finishes 11th or 12th. I feel like it's still a bet you should take uh, like 10 times out of 10, really. Um, outside of Scotty, like I, I, would, I would lean Brooks. Like you lean on the experience of people who have won it before. 
Um, you were not expecting him to win it. Not only that, he's in good form. He won the, the most recent major. So, like, and, 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 he and he's American. The, sorry, what? He was second where? Second of the Masters, and then he won the last one, too. Exactly. So, he's, so he's, he's clearly on fire. And he fits that American building that I was asking about earlier. Um, so you put that all together. Um, those were probably my two favorite bets in this category of top time. Okay. And you, so you would stay at two if you're projecting and if you're putting bets in the top 10, you're not going, are you going any more than that? Like, would you put, would you consider doing a third guy? I could be talked into it. See, since I'm not a golf expert, like personally, I wouldn't come in and, and name like five guys because like, I, I just can't be just, that's not disciplined at all when it comes to betting. That's also just kind of false. If I come out and tell you guys like, Oh, I really think this guy's going to do well, but I could definitely be talked into a few more. Um, why? Because the two that I picked are the two favorites, and that's fits into a nice square uh, for those of you who know betting. So uh, I, I just like want to be able to get some like deeper knowledge from actual experts, and I could definitely be talked into taking a couple more on this, this the little risk that these two top guys just don't show up, and like that was the most square bet I could have made. It flips to you, Joel. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you that I really like Tony Finau. And he's plus 3,400 outright, so that's a whole other story. But Whoa. he smashes the ball. He hits the ball really hard, and that's what you have to do with your long irons in this because a lot of the time it's probably going to be three wood or hybrid off the tee, and he's going to have probably 200 yards in. So I think I like him at that part. He's also American. Um, I don't like Max Homa. He's in the top 10 in betting favorites. He's been not very good this year, and I love the guy, but um, I wouldn't put my money near him at all. Um, Patrick Cantley is interesting. He's very good, but he kind of blew up on the final day of the Memorial. So like, who knows? And also the thing about Brooks Kepka is that this tournament, the tee times, not the tee times, but the rounds are going to take really long and that really pissed him off at the masters. So let's see if he can keep his mental in check, but I like him too. Okay. So at, we've listed a lot of guys here. How many can we actually justifiably take if we are like, for example, if I'm like, if I'm sitting here listening to this podcast, I've heard you guys mention a whole bunch of whole bunch of guys that we like. Can I go right now? I have one, two, three, four, five guys here, at least in my book to bet to finish in the top 10. Is that can I do that? Like, is that reasonable? Cam, what do you think? No, I, I think it's just take the best of what uh, at what we're th- what we're saying here. Do your own homework as well. Like for me personally, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take Scotty Scheffler, uh, top ten finish. It just, it just seems like easy money, and then I'm gonna sprinkle a, a guy at more difficult or like higher odds to make top ten. Like personally, I'm just gonna go like Cam Cam Smith is at is at plus two forty, mm-hmm. and that's at the point where I'm just gonna throw a half unit on it. Or like yeah. I'm not too pressed about losing a half unit, and if it hits, all the better. Like, and a lot of things point to Cam Smith doing well at the U.S. Open, so I think it's definitely an educated bet to make. World, okay, world class so, short game. Like that the, answers my question. I, yeah. That kind of puts me exactly where I was looking for. I'm because like, I there's other ways to bet this. We haven't even really touched much on some of the group betting yet. We haven't touched on. Uh, well, we touched very briefly on three bowls. Um, but there's other things you can bet on here. And I feel like picking three more than like three guys inside of a top 10, you're really limiting yourself. Yeah, I, I agree, especially because top 10, the odds are not nearly as favorable in, for us as they are like top fives and stuff like that. So yeah. it's, it's tough to bet only top 10s. So Joel, um, do, who would you like, do you have a lean for the top five? I have a lean for top 20, honestly. And the odds are decent. Oh, His name is Sahith Tigala. He's in the 30s in the world ranking. He's awesome. He's hilarious. Um, and he's just, like, really young. And he's been consistently finishing well in big tournaments to the point where, like, they told him where he was in the world ranking. And he's like, I don't believe that. I don't think I'm that good. Um, but he's fun. He's plus Two sorry, seven, 260. To finish in the top 20, yes. Yeah. I like that a lot, especially because there's leeway. He's from Cali. Yeah, he's from Cali. And also, it's... The nice thing about the top 10, top 20 things is including ties. So really, that could be a ton of players. That could be yeah. like 35. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I, was, um, I was watching the RBC Open with my girl, and both of us were like, hey, I've never seen a brown guy on the PGA Tour. So yeah. I'm excited to, and to it's watch funny this he guy. Talks, he talks like a straight up like Cali frat bro, too. 
He's like, oh, oh man, I'm just trying to get it in the hole, brother. Like, <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I like that like perfect storm of a young guy coming up. You said he's got lots of talent. He's from Cali. Like, I like a lot of these things together. Uh, and he's down on this list too. See, this is why we bring on the golf experts. This is this is yeah. that I guarantee you. Though no, none of us are coming up with that name. <laughs> Not a chance. Not a chance. Um, Mergy, top five. You got anything? I know you're interested in it. I don't. That's why I was asking Joel. I was like, oh, is there something I should take? Is there like a like plus one forty for Scotty Scheffler? This is where I feel a little bit afraid to do it. Um, I might as well be more comfortable taking in the top ten that he statistically finished better in, and you're still getting like decent odds on. Um, plus yeah, 140 is not enough juice for me to be like, oh, he's top five finish for sure. Uh, so that's so why I was like, which way should I lean? Is there a specific player you think um, it would be worth betting? But top five finish seems like one of the harder things to predict, just like outright winner. Should you bet on a guy in multiple situations, the same guy? Like, for example, should we have Scotty Scheffler in an outright, Scotty Scheffler to finish in the top 10? Like, or you just got to stick to one? That's so interesting. Um, I think it depends if he has like a bad round, you know? So let's say okay, if you think he's going to win outright and then he has like a horrible first round or something, and then you want to bet him top 10. I think that's pretty reasonable or even vice versa. But I think if he's just staying consistent, it would be weird to just keep hammering him, especially because if he's playing well, his odds are going to go down, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so we have, let's see, what else do we have here? We have group betting we took to look at which still – um, which we haven't really done. Um, do we? Do you look at anything like leader after round one? Do you ever find any profit in those kind of things? Um, the only guy that comes to mind in that situation, but like actually really comes to mind, is Victor Hovland. This guy comes out at every major and he shoots like a sixty-seven round one. He's always like early <laughs> tee time too. Like before everybody else is teed off, he's seven under par, finishes round, and then he had a tendency to like drop off hardcore on the weekend. But then he comes out and he wins a Memorial, his first tournament in the states. So like, who knows? This guy could easily be a winner. Uh, I'm definitely going to sprinkle him to finish in the top five, I think. His leader after round one line is plus 2,900. That's nice. You can uh, sprinkle like nothing on that and be – The and odds still are ridiculously out. high for end of round leader before the round starts. And that's why I'm always hesitant. But like for RBC Open, for example, I saw a couple like holes in. I'm like, Corey Connors, decent odds. I took it and he ended up tying first. So like it worked. Yeah, that that's being awesome. said, I, I've tried it so many times, and that's the only time <laughs> it has worked. Um, so Interesting. that brings me to this question. Would you take maybe top five after first round instead of picking an outright winner where you could still get like plus 400 odds on, on Brooks Kepka, for example? Um, or maybe look at the top 10 or top 20 after first round. Like, are those smart bets wow. to make? Like, if I look top 10 after first round, they're all plus money as well. So is that something that you should be dabbling in, Joel? Um, there's no reason not to. My issue with it is that I always feel like I'm going to burn if I bet a guy to finish that high and then he wins. And then I'm yeah. going to be really cheesed because the odds are like exponentially higher. But at the okay. same time, like I don't make the smartest bets. So if you're going to make smart bets, this is the way to go. You know, I bet because I want to see my favorite players win and I think it would be fun to win with them. But yeah. if you're just trying to like actually make money off it, then yeah, top tens are definitely, or top five even, definitely the way to go. I have this that that whole conversation you guys had brings me my, brings a thought to my brain. Live betting with golf seems to be very important. Paying attention to what's going on over the weekend and betting it over the course of the weekend. Do you lock in more of your bets pre-tournament, or do you lock in more of your bets throughout the weekend? Definitely throughout the weekend, especially because like you have to see what they're doing. Like they make a bogey. Okay. It's how they make a bogey, right? Is if they made a bad putt, if they got unlucky or something like that. Cause a lot of the time, if it's unlucky, then they'll bounce back. Whereas if they make a bad stroke, they get in their head and then they're dead, you know? Yeah, so yeah. I like to do mid round because you can kind of get a feel for what the vibes are, but it's obviously going to be less profitable than before the round. That's the risk you run. The numbers will be lower, but Mergy, yeah. do you think it would be? It's more profitable in-game betting for golf. You definitely, definitely, I agree with that. Uh, like it's just exactly what you said, Joel. You kind of need to understand what's going on, and that goes back to what you mentioned. Every stream made it. 
where we're try- sitting here trying to make live bets and we're not doing it on golf. We're doing it on baseball. We're doing it on hockey. But you always sit here, look at the camera and tell everyone, like, you got to be paying attention. Like, you don't be live betting on things. You're not really paying attention to or watching even um, and don't even understand. Like, definitely more money to be, we- ma- to be made live because of so many players playing in the tournament, so many golfers out there, so many different things can happen. And it's over four days. It's not just over one day. So, like, things change constantly. Yeah. An anecdotal situation from uh, last night's stream with me and Ryan talking about uh, Ellie De La Cruz. And it was like, okay, he's faced two batters. He's faced Granky twice already. Do we take him to get a hit? And he ended up going 0 for 4. We we talked ourselves out of it just because of what we were seeing with eventually, like, that guy is going to have a bad day. He's not going to be a super rookie forever. And we, we had a quick discussion. We were watching. I was watching the game a little bit because I had Bred's money line. Um, so I was paying attention to that game. And we eventually came to the conclusion, like, no. So definitely the live betting for golf, you can take the same same approach, or even though it's even more important because it's definitely something where you have to watch to get a feel. It's definitely something to where, like, okay, like, if they, they get a bogey, or if they double bogey, like what what's happening? Like what's actually happening for this to be an to be an actual impact? Because like Joel was saying, like you can just be very unlucky and they'll bounce back. Especially because the course changes a lot throughout the tournament. It's like an F one race where like the track will like rubber in and times will get faster. Sometimes oh, courses, I didn't even think of this. Yeah, a lot of times courses will dry out or like weather can change. Things will get softer. It's like there's a lot of variables throughout the day. A lot of times you'll see like an early tea time, it's cold and wet. Scores are going to be worse than in the in the afternoon when the course gets a little, like it, you can stick greens easier, you know? It's like it changes. So there's a lot to be done. And uh, just to like further all of that, you guys are exactly right. Uh, I do bring it up all the time because it, if, you're not watch, if you're not watching, the bookies are going to try and trap you with names, yeah. names and numbers. That's literally, that's what happened. I see it all the time. Team starts to do well suddenly their number gets really really tasty uh and it's like that you just got to be paying attention um so let's see what have we not hit yet we haven't really hit any group betting i haven't really come across just kind of asking everyone for their best sort of bets i was gonna say i feel like we should go around and just get some bets out now that's what i think the plan is now so uh i'm gonna come to you really yeah i'm gonna come to you first mergy uh my co-host as always as as uh as i should uh what do you like what lean what screams at you the most number one all right so obviously what i mentioned earlier uh scotty scheffler top 10 finish minus 130 like that screams to me same with uh brooks kepka top 10 finish plus 115 i guess the one thing you can be afraid of is if he gets in his own head he seems like the kind of guy who just implodes and so if he has a bad weekend which he shouldn't but if he does he's probably not finishing top 10 um but this conversation we were just having about end of round leader, top 10, top 20 after round one, Victor Hovland comes to mind because of what Joel was telling me and telling us, right? Um, mm-hmm. Apparently he starts off well, and I'm sitting here top 20, not even top 10, top 20 after round one for Victor Hovland is bettable. It's sitting at minus 125. And like, that sounds like a good bet. For me, that sounds like something that I want to be profitable on. I can feel a little bit safer taking Victor Hovland minus 125 after round one to finish in the top 20. For him to finish in the top 10 after round one, it's plus 200. So if you're more confident in it, you can go that way. Um, but it's a safe way, in my opinion, might be the top 20 after round one. And then we didn't really talk about this yet. So maybe is the time now is the time to talk about it. Um, but am I crazy for taking Mickelson to make the cut? I actually love it. Whoa. Love it. What, what, okay. what, what's the odds on lefty to hit the cut? Um, the plus 122 for him to make it. So plus odds. Okay. Uh, it's the only major that he hasn't won in his career. So like he's going for it, right? So he can get that grand slam of his career. I understand he's old. I understand he's... A, He's like past his prime, uh, but he's still out there for a reason, right? He believes he can compete. He's still trying to compete with the best. Plus odds for him to do that. I don't know how well he's going to finish, but at least make it to Saturday. I feel like is a good bet. Uh, sorry, I just realized I totally misspoke before. 
Kepka did not finish in second this year at the Masters. Phil did. Kepka finished third. So Phil still has it. You know? Okay. That, I was literally just about to say, I'm looking at his like last three sort of comp last three tournaments plus five at the open, minus eight at the Masters, and then plus ten at the PGA Championship. <laughs> so it's realistically, nice. you have no idea which Phil you're gonna get, but you yeah. might get great yeah. Phil Mickelson still. That is actually still a possibility. Yeah, Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, kind Literally. of going on. And the funny thing about Phil Mickelson is he's not even the favorite lefty uh, in he's terms not. of top. In terms of top lefty, Brian Harmon actually, in terms of the tourney specials. Uh, Brian Harmon is the best odds for top lefty at minus 120. Then it's Phil at <laughs> plus 130. And then Hank Labiota uh, at plus 420. All right. This is going to be a dumb question. And I'm prefacing that with the, because of the fact it's going to be a dumb question. Why are there so few lefties in golf? It's honestly, it, it's hilarious. It's just like a thing, you know? It's like people used to like teach their children to be right handed in, yeah. in general. Yeah. Like they just make less lefty clubs because over time there's been like, it's really hard to find used lefty clubs. Like my brother's a lefty and it's impossible. I'm also because, a lefty. Like, you know, Costco makes clubs now. Yeah. Costco, yeah. So they like do Vokey wedges and like a nice putter. And for the first three years, they didn't have lefties. Okay. So you, if you are a lefty and want to be a golfer, like for the longest time, it was like, fucking suck it up and figure it out yeah, it's like you're yeah. gonna you're gonna pay full price at golf town or you have to know someone who's a lefty also okay yeah. like, i see interesting for me it's weird i'm a lefty in golf but i'm right-handed when it comes to hockey it's absolutely it's super strange my, bro my brother's like that too it's it's yeah. so random it's just a I feel like hockey, like, hockey i write really with my left hand though. as well I, I i write with my left hand i throw with my right hand i golf left i shoot right I'm left-handed basketball. That's funny. My brother's like, the opposite of you. He's right-handed on like regular life things, but basketball, yeah. soccer, hockey, everything's left for him. That's I get an advantage. I, I I get confused <laughs> on like how to hold a fork and knife sometimes, so I just forget which hand is better at doing what thing. So like, uh, I'll be eating dinner. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, uh, and then I'll just like switch and I'll switch back. Like, when I do the meal, I will switch, and I'll just like, okay, I feel like this I'm feels better. better. <laughs> yeah, this feels a bit better. It's so weird. This feels like something you're gonna have to work on and figure out. <laughs> this sounds like a real, a real like life situation you gotta handle here, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Let's just hope when there's other things going on, you uh, pick the correct hand. Um, so, um, I'm gonna. So those were my you. bets. Yes, that was. That was, that was, that was <laughs> I was like, let me figure out a way to get this back on the rails. Here. Uh, in terms of outright winner, I would probably I'll probably wait until the the tournament starts. And then maybe I'll bite on something live. That being said, if I get convinced from one of you guys, I can maybe maybe tease something pre-tournament. Okay, uh, Joel, I'm gonna come to you last because you're the golf the golf expert here. I'm coming to you next, Cam. Your uh, what are you what are you looking at? The bets you're ready to like throw out into the world or at least ask about. I, I think you know Mergy brought up the Victor Hovland thing, uh, top twenty round one, and we talked about how Hovland does well opening the tournament. So like that's something I'm probably gonna throw down. I'm going to stick with that Scheffler top 10 and sprinkle Cam something involving Cam Smith. Like I'm just a big fan of the guy. Like there's very few golfers that I track on the regular and Cam Smith is one of them. Does his name have anything to do with it? 100%. <laughs> like, 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 with, with, like complete honesty. I'm just like, <laughs> that's fair. I'm watching. Cause like the first time like, I was watching, like it was the master show again from CSM. And I was like, Cam Smith I was like, okay, like this is a live tour guy. All right. I'll look him up a bit. And then the more I looked into him, I'm like, okay, like I can get behind this guy. There's a lot of things about him that I like. So yeah. like for him, it's a course that kind of plays to his strengths. It's something that he's going to do well at, I think. So like having him like the odds, the plus 240 to finish in the top, or was it? I was plus 240 to finish in the top 10, like sprinkling in a half unit on that. Like at that point, like it's, it's a half unit. I'm not too stressed about, about losing it like it's not something it's like if it hits whatever like if my other bets hit it'll cover it so like i'm not like super concerned about a half unit honestly mm -hmm. like the ones that i'd be more concerned about are the full unit plays like scheffler top 10 or hovland top 20 first round those are the kinds of ones to be concerned with so like finding a guy with like a bit like better like a like a more plus odds like at plus 240 where i can like okay like just half unit and let it sit and if it loses whatever if it hits bravo to me like it's something like you never want to like actively like 
want to lose money, of course, but like it's something where like I'm not stressed about a half unit. If you, even if you're not even confident about it, you can just put a quarter unit on it and it'll be a nice, nice whatever. Like the other bets that you're you're gonna hit should cover the half unit sprinkle anyway. So it should be okay. Okay. Uh, and Joel, I'm going to come to you, uh, just, to, just so everyone knows who's listening, uh, you can follow all of us on our various Twitters at Mayday sports at Mergy Moneyline, at the cam Moore, at Mendelson Joel. Um, if you want to find what we're doing, we'll be talking about this podcast, the bets we place all over Twitter. We're all on sports grid. Make sure you're subscribed there. Um, and make sure you're subscribed to the betting edge podcast feed. So you get these episodes in your inbox. Okay, Joel. So, uh, your bets, you, what, what, like you give me, give me the slate. What are you doing? Okay. So first of all, I got two guys to finish inside the top 20. We haven't spoken about them yet. I don't think I have Okay. actually maybe one of them. Tony Finau, I have plus 350 finish inside the top 10. And I have Terrell Hatton plus 300 to finish in the top 10. He was really good last week. He's usually pretty consistent in majors. He's also just like a funny guy you like to watch. You know, he's uh, has funny comments. He likes to shit on golf courses a lot. Um, so it's it's fun to watch him. Um, in terms of outright winner, I have to do Brooks Kepka. I'm going to feel like an idiot if I don't take Brooks Kepka and he comes out of the gate hot. So I'm taking him plus 1,200 for half a unit. The other, the, sorry, the two top 20 bets are both a full unit. Okay. And then I'm also looking at Cameron Young to miss the cut. Plus 166. He's a really good player. He has not been so good lately. I watched a lot of his round on Sunday. Something was off. He was pissed about everything. You know, like everything. Mm, every, every, shot, every shot he's looking at his caddy making like, oh, I don't know, whatever this. So he's heavily favored to make the cut. I believe he's minus 380, but I'm going to take him plus 166 to miss it. And hopefully I don't feel like an idiot after this. Okay. Honestly, these are some, some clever plays. And again, it's from watching this weekend, which helps as well. So you literally saw it all go down in person. Um, All right. Mergy, is there anything else you want to hit that we haven't hit yet before we wrap for the day? Do um do you have any do we have any more like three balls plays? Because I know that that's a fun way to, to bet on golf. Um, Or is that the kind of thing you wait till it starts or can you not bet on it once it starts you can't who's, bet it once it starts okay uh, who's uh who's hovland's group because like that's very that's an intriguing one if we're all if we're already on him to do well in the first round it'd be interesting to see what his three ball pairs are really Lee, hovland and that's john a tough group. That, yeah, <laughs> yeah never mind never mind that's a wrong like Xander Shoffley, and then you have John Rom to, to to boot with that that's not something that's not a smart what about this uh the sahith Tigala guy that I'm definitely going to pay attention to this weekend and moving forward. <laughs> yeah, he's playing with Tom Smith and Cam Young. So if my bets work out, Cam Young is going to work out. But Tom Kim is good. Tom oh, Kim God. is like, he's a really young guy. He burst out onto the tour, won in a playoff, I believe, in like one of his first events. He's really good. Um, so it's really hard to say there. Like three balls are fun. I'm, I'm taking a look at some props here. And it's mostly just like top players from each place. Yeah, so that's basically all that's in the props. I looked at that too. Yeah, so I'm going to stay away from that. I think bogey-free bro, bogey free rounds are fun, honestly. Okay, is there anybody you'd take to do a bogey-free bogey free round or a bogey-free round one? It's just so random, but I, I like to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, all right, so let's do that, though. Like, we'll ride with the rat. Well, at least one, like, silly bet that we can put, right. like, a quarter of a unit on. This is how we'll wrap the show. I very much agree. That's correct. So uh, what would you do? Who's least? Who is there a stat I can look up that who has the least bogeys on the tour this year? Um, maybe. Yeah, I feel like the stat we need though is both greens in regulation and approach in regulation, and that I believe is both Scotty Scheffler is one. Um, oh wait, birdie average. John Rom averages the most birdies, and Scotty Scheffler is the best at scoring with Rom second and Terrell Hatton third. So maybe we go John Rom birdie free round plus four seventy. He's near the top three in all of those, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. yeah. But it's weird because you see like the top three guys of like Scheffler, Rom, and I don't remember who the third guy was at the beginning of this year. Oh, was it Cantley? I don't remember. Anyway, they're the top three in almost every stat category. I mean, we could throw this John Rahm one as a play, a quarter unit play nets us four units. 
<laughs> for if a quarter unit play nets us four units, why not, man? See, like, and I'm down to give that on the stream today. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing where like he's plus four seventy and he's the second best one. So basically, you could throw any amount of money on any of them and you're winning. Yeah, I uh, Mergy, we're gonna we have some time before we're gonna be on stream in a few hours, so we have time yeah. to decide if we'll we discuss lock on that stream. in there. We will yeah. discuss it on stream. We're armed with information now. Are yeah. you guys going to be streaming the golf on the weekend or no? We will be one of uh, we can try. We could probably get. We can Sunday. aim it for Sunday. The ending. I was going to say we can because our Sunday stream is usually Sunday evenings, but we can push Sundays earlier in the day to watch the end of the golf. Okay. Um, so just know the golf coverage is really stupid, and they only start at like three on Sunday. Yeah. Every day. Okay, so in every Canada, day. we actually have it better because TSN does bonus coverage, but everywhere else in the world, CBS coverage starts at like 2.30, no matter what, every day. Even the Masters, it's so You're dumb. like halfway through a lot of people's, some yeah. guys' days. Well, people are Most done. People. <laughs> a lot it's of people crazy. are done. It's crazy that the best place to watch the Masters in the world on TV is Canada because That's TSN has bizarre. way more coverage than anywhere else. That's bizarre. All yeah. right, well, well, we'll be on after three, so we'll be able to see that at the very least. Um, and on the final day, the guys who are competing for the end, they're scheduled as the last guys yeah. to go, right? So they yeah. don't, those guys' rounds won't be done. No, Do those guys start? will be two off, tee off right when the coverage starts. Okay, that's okay. okay. So it's built around that. Yeah, we will be streaming for that. So make sure you guys are following the betting edge on podcast platforms. Make sure you are looking at sportsgrid.com slash twitch. Uh, sorry, that's a lie. Twitch.com slash network. That's where yeah. you should be looking. That's where we'll be on Sunday. Um, I got nothing left. Does anybody else have anything that we haven't talked about yet that they want to want to throw out there before we uh, wrap this for the day? No? Thanks, go Cam Smith. No, go, go, Cam Smith. go Cam Smith. Okay, fine. You can have that one. I'll give you that one, buddy. Um, Joel, thank you so much for being here. Hopefully we will have you on again as the uh, season golf season progresses. I don't know what else you watch. I see you got a Canadians jersey. I don't want to talk about that. But we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we're, hockey season's almost done anyway, so we'll see. We don't have to, we don't have to think about That's any cool. of that right now. Um, Cam, as always, thank you for being here. The Cam Moore, if you want to find him at Mendelson Joel, if you want to find him, and as always, Mergy Moneyline, Samir Mergy, send us home, buddy. The usual spiel, guys. We talked about so many different bets for this golf tournament coming up. Please be disciplined with your units. Don't don't throw everything on on a couple of these plays. Just be uh, slow and steady wins the race in gambling. And we say that all the time, okay? Little slow profits are going to net you big profits long term if you stay disciplined with that and don't force things. Uh, but that being said, we gave tons of value out. So make sure you do your own research, as Cam mentioned. Um, but then couple it with the, with these bets, and I'm sure you will be making money this weekend. Outside of that, enjoy the tournament. Enjoy the the rest of the Stanley Cup Finals if it's still going on when you guys listen to this. Um, but uh, I guess enjoy baseball. Make sure you tune into esports going on. <laughs> we got Valorant. The Tokyo Masters are going on so far. It's going to be every day for the next month or so. This Thursday, Call of Duty Championships start. So make sure you're tuning in for that because Call of Duty is one of the most fun esports to watch especially if you played it as a kid uh it's just it just makes it more that much more interesting that much more fun so make sure you guys tune into that there's tons of money to be made and most important let's cash baby we'll see y'all next week